This podcast series is part of Hashtag Hour, a new grassroots project that brings together personal stories of all backgrounds to widen discussions on existing and important issues that are often silenced. Interested in the project or want to contribute to our work? Check out www.ourcontext.org. What does it mean to be a Nigerian man working as a journalist? In this episode, Kaka shares with us his stories of living in Istanbul, Turkey, and Berlin, Germany, his reflections on the manifestations of racism in media and their consequences, and the importance of keeping an open mind in seeing the world. I'm Fumi, this is Hashtag R Racism, and this is the story of Kaka. Kaka was born in Borno State, a state in northeastern Nigeria. He spent his primary school there before moving to Abuja, the capital city of Nigeria, to pursue his secondary studies. Kaka then went back to Borno State to start his undergraduate studies, but due to the Boko Haram, moved to Istanbul, Turkey, where he would continue his studies. There, he would experience the first manifestations of racism, one at university and one at work. The first time I like felt racism on its own, like there are this subtle kind of racism. Where are you from? What kind of? Can I touch your hair? Is, is it is it real? You know this kind of thing. Why are you so dark? All this kind of like subtle racism that people don't really know. It's not even they're not supposed to ask such questions. Like right, but then the first one that I really experienced is with my one of my classmates in university. We had a project together, and then he got upset for no reason. I couldn't remember what made him angry and all that, and then he's like you black person you know like i'm just trying to be moderate here go back to your country what are you even doing here and i got really upset like it, it took me like a week just thinking about ways to just tell him like look you don't do that but i couldn't and then like i just said okay what should i do then i just reported him to the to the dean of our faculty and then he was asked to apologize and all that he sent like an apology later like okay he's sorry he didn't mean he didn't mean it in that way you know always the apology that you get from <laughs> people when they be racist then the, the second experience i had was at work so because you know i was a presenter i was actually a, i'm a journalist and i report from different stories so one of my bosses because i'm nigerian of course i have a nigerian accent it's not that well pronounced but i have a nigerian accent so my boss was like okay we don't want you to report a certain there is a, there is a, like a very top story at then i think about one of the crises that happened so i was reporting from the field and then they called me back and I was like, why are you taking me off the, the story? And they're like, okay, so don't take it personal. I'm going to say something like, okay, you have an accent and uh, it's not good for the channel to have that accent for this particular report. And I was like, what? He's like, okay, because like the report is so big. We want someone with American accent. And um, of course, you know, you're not American and you're not from, uh, you're not native speak. He's just trying to be nice in his, you know, in his racism. You know, you're like, just... You're, okay, I don't want to say you're black, but you know, I'm like, you just said it. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? You know, and then I had like a really huge fight with them, and I was like, okay, look, I'm not going to work for a channel who is going to be talking about my accent, and it's not like I have an even bad accent. My accent is not that bad, you know. I speak properly on the channel, and I, like, I don't know if, if the, the main point of a communication is for someone to understand what you're saying. It's not about your accent, right? So I was like, okay, I can't work with you guys. And I, I resigned. And then the HR were like, what happened? They want to know about the story. I said, no, just go and ask him. 
I, I just can't continue like this because it's just weird. Like, why would you talk about somebody and say, like, the person is black and he has an accent, so he can't report a chat, uh, certain, certain uh, story or something like that. So I, I didn't find it funny at that time. I, did, I, I, I resigned because of that, actually. I had some issues with the channel, but that just was like the tipping stone. I'm like, okay, I'm done with you guys. Kaka shares his take on how racism manifests itself in Turkey. In general, people in Turkey here, uh, I'm going to tune down a bit. They, they're not that racist. Or even if they are, they, they don't know they'll be racist. They just, um, how am I going to put it? They just don't know much about people from Africa. And they keep telling you, like, I find it also racist in a different way. They keep telling you, like, we don't like people from Syria. We don't like Syrians. But you blacks, you're okay. But that's also, like, it's not good. Today, you, you like us because we're blacks and we don't uh, interfere with your politics much. If we're going to start interfering, you know, if we're going to be like Syrians now, then you're not going to like us as well, right? So when someone starts telling me, like, okay, this Arabs, this, I don't like this, I, I, I tell them, like, don't do that. Like, we're all human, man. Like, they're here because they have to be here. It's not like they want to be here, you know? Kaka reflects on one derogative racist word that is used in Turkey. In Turkey, for example, there's a word they use for black people. It's called Zenji, which is like a derogative term of uh, calling someone black. So when someone says that, you know, he's trying to insult you, trying to make you feel bad. So I, I always try to educate people like, don't say those words because um, it's not proper. Because Zenjis in history were those black people who revolted from the empire. So it's a derogatory time saying, okay, those black slaves are revolted. So now they call you Zenji just to make you feel, okay, you were, you're a black person, right? So then I always have a fight with anybody who calls me that, that word in Turkey. I always like, no, don't do that. They may say that as a joke and they'll be like, no, it's, we don't have racism in Turkey and black, but yeah, just don't use the term because it's not good. Use something else. There are other words that you can describe me. You can say a black person in Turkish language, which is siyahi. You can say that, but don't call me Zenji. It just doesn't make sense. Because I'm not a Zenji. Zenjis were slaves that revolted. So I didn't, I wasn't a slave. I didn't revolt. So if you know your history, don't, yeah. Kaka says that before going to Turkey, he didn't know exactly what racism is. He shares how his understanding of racism developed over time. So for me, like before I came to Turkey, I don't know anything about racism, you know, because I've never been to any any country abroad. And I had, like, I only hear about racism and, like, I have, in Nigeria, we have something called tribalism. If you're not from a tribe, they discriminate, they discriminate against you. You cannot marry from their, their daughters. You don't get, like, say, job opportunities because you're from a certain tribe. So we have a tribalism, a sort of racism, but in a, <laughs> in a smaller, you know, like a small side of racism or we had that kind of that kind of uh, also um, discrimination. So what I realized, what I, f- I found it to be racist is when someone tried to stop you from doing something or trying to make stop you from achieving a part- particular goal of yours just because you're not from the same race or be- because it, he thinks that you don't deserve it because you, let's say, black or because you're from Africa. And that's when I've, I start having problems with it because there are certain things that I can do that... It doesn't have to do with my color. It doesn't have to do with my nationality or whatever. I have the potential to do it. Don't stop me from doing it. So if anything that hinders that, then I see it as, okay, you've been racist. You're thinking you're superior because you're just white or whatever. So, for example, my experience at school, the boy who told me to go back to your country, 
you black person, go back to your country. I find it to be racist. Why would you tell me go back to your country just because I'm studying here and I'm doing something maybe better than you? So that's discrimination. That's just, just like, no, don't do that. You can't because I didn't come here for free. I paid for it. Even if I came here for free, you're not supposed to tell me to go back to my country because you don't like black people or because you black person. You know, don't just don't do that. Like I didn't choose the color myself. It just happened. And you didn't choose to be to be white or to be from Japan or to be from Taiki. You didn't choose it. It happens. Random selection. <laughs> Nature does its its thing, you know. So what hap- what what I really understand as racism is when someone stops me from achieving a particular potential of mine just because I'm a, I have a t- certain type of genetic. So that's what I understand. And when I started experience, when I started recognizing it, is when I came to university. I think it was in my second year when in class, when you try to give us some answers. Like the first time I, re- I realized it was in sociology class. They were talking about human zoo in Belgium. And I was the only black person in the class. And everyone was just like staring at me like, what, like human, like, and they were asking me, do you have human zoos in, in, in Africa? Like, no, we don't. It's just like, you know, but then that was when I realized, okay, I'm totally not the same. I'm different here. You know, my color, obviously, they say you don't see color, but like, obviously, like, then when when you <laughs> you start to realize, okay, I'm totally not the same with people. Then they start talking about your hair because I have I had coily hair. Now I'm bald, but back then I had like really coily hair and it's very strong. And they're like, oh, can we touch your hair? You know, it's really strong and all that. So that was when I started realizing, okay, there's some difference here. It's good to be different. It's like there is no problem in being different. There's no problem having different races and all that. But when you try to act on people's differences, that's when it's racism. In addition to Turkey, Kaka also briefly lived in Berlin. He shares two incidences where he felt discriminated against. The first experience I had was at the bank. I went to the bank. I had someone send me money from uh, Dubai through Western Union. Because I didn't have a bank, I didn't have a bank account there in Germany, so I wanted to withdraw the money from the bank, and then I went there, and the woman was like, um, "What? What was?" The, she she said something that's so weird, and even the guy behind me was like, "Why would you say that?" So then she said, "Okay, fill the form." I filled the form, and then she's like, "Okay, write the person, the name of the person who is sending the money to you, and the, the person's location." So I wrote it, and I wrote Dubai, and then she's like, "There is no country such as like there's no country called Dubai." I was like, it's Dubai. She said, no. She now tore that paper and then gave me a new one. I had to fill that form five times. And she's just telling me, like, okay, you, you're you not going to write Dubai. I said, okay, what does it say? Tell me what should I write. Then the other person, the guy who was behind me, got angry at her. And he came to her and was like, why are you doing this? And she's like, these people come to our country. Like, he doesn't even know how to write in German. He doesn't even speak German. And it's like, it has nothing to do with him. He said to take the money that someone sent to him. And he's saying the person sent from Dubai. And then she's like, no, but it's written United Arab Emirates. I was like, bro, <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's just weird. Like, why? So the guy had to talk to another person. And then another woman called me, said, okay, just fill the form here. And then, you know, the, the annoying thing or the surprising thing is that woman, the other woman at the desk came to the other table and t- asked the woman, why was she helping me? Like, why would you help him? He doesn't even speak German. And I was so like, obviously it's not everyone that that does that, but you know this this guy the stories that you just keep to yourself are like, what's wrong with people? And then at workplace, just because they feel like okay, probably you're not 
you can take anything they just give you extra work because okay you can do it you can do it you're african you're strong no you didn't pay me for that you pay me for a certain amount of work don't give me more work to do you know kaka shares his reflections on picking your battles when being confronted with racism i i tend to overlook some stuff like they're not worthy of me thinking about them right so maybe on the street maybe someone does something i don't give them a chance to even think that they be racist i just overlook them you know because when you give them the attention it's when they keep doing it more you know so i i tend not to even like for example taxi drivers when you enter a taxi and they see you're black they try to be rude sometimes but then you just overlook them and just like you're still going to drive me where i'm going to go i'm still going to get i'm still going to pay you so what are you talking about just do your work and i will do mine here you have to sometimes have to just ignore and not let it be because you're living in a, in a foreign land you have to make sure okay I, you know what to choose where to fight and when not to fight for example like where this is personal experience i had recently because i joined this channel which I like new and then they they had an Af- africa program but it's just 5 minute segment the entire continent has like 5 minutes in the news and i was like no you don't do that like you cannot have like an africa program just for 5 minutes it doesn't make any sense africa is a big is a huge continent like you can't you can't have just 5 minutes for africa so i said like you have to make it a full show and they're like yeah when the process of making it i said you've been here for almost 6 years and you didn't make a full show about africa and you're saying you're trying you're not trying if you're trying in 6 it it is it's something that will take you a month to organize and arrange and start doing it and then they're like do you want to help out i was like why not i want to help out so i helped out and then now we have the 26 minute show on the channel i'm not bragging or anything but it's because i pressured them to make it a full show if not it was going to be like five minute segment and that's how like you know um i wanted to talk about how other people try to bring your spirit down as well because they cannot get theirs up so some people are just there even like they're africans right but then they tell you like we've been trying to do this for so long we couldn't achieve it do you think you can achieve it as well you know because you can't achieve it doesn't mean i cannot it's people have different strengths and weaknesses so like yeah and the channel i came like they were like uh we tried this for so long we were fighting them no you're not if you're fighting them you've you've made the the show on the channel by now like you already have a team you just need to show them that you can produce and then yeah sometimes you have to you have to know your battles and then you have to stand your ground if you know you're qualified for something don't let anybody bring you down you know don't let anyone tell you that you cannot achieve it just because you're young or because you're black or because you're white or because whatever just if you know you can achieve you can do something just try to do it no matter what don't listen to people because people always people when they see they can't do something they try to stop others from achieving the same thing so if if had it been like neil armstrong how people say no one who ever went to the moon you cannot do it then we'll be stuck here no one would ever go to space even you know so yeah Against the background of his work as a journalist, Kaka shares his reflections on issues related to race and racism in media and its broader impact. There are a lot of racism in, in especially in media. So when you when you notice, you will not see apart from CNN I think just CNN I think if I'm not mistaken. You will hardly see an African reporting a news about Europe. But you see a European reporting about Africa. You see a European reporting about Asia. you see european reporting and uh, reporting about all part of the world but not an african so an african is always limited or li- they limit you to only report on africa and even that they try to make you tell you what to say or how you're going to say it 
So you cannot come and show Africa. Uh, CNN now is doing a good job, and BBC also doing a good job in showing Africa in like in a brighter light. But previously, before 2018, I think, or before let's say 2015, every African news is about war, death, famine, Ebola, crisis, corruption, no positivity whatsoever. So this is Africa has, for example, Nigeria. We have over 200 million people. You can't tell me the entire 200 million people are, are suffering from hunger and, and starvation. It's not like that, you know. You can't come and so there are a lot of positive news that you can report about, but because because of that, because of this uh, idea of black or Africans are backwards, they are third world countries. They so they keep selling this narrative because it sells better. That's how you can get donations to go to Africa, and media helps in doing that. The media it's what makes Africa to to me from my from my perspective or from my the media is what plays a major role in African leaders be lazy, always seeking help, always, they like, other people are doing it. How many heads do they have? They have same heads, they have same hands with you. Why would you keep waiting for United Nations to send donations to your people, you know? But the media always shows that, the media always sells this narrative that, okay, Africans are suffering, Africans need help, so it keeps going like that. And then subconsciously, because I studied media, and I know the impact of media on people psychologically, what you see is what you become. So what people always see in the news, what they see in the movies, it became part of that. They identify with that. And it's difficult for an African now to just say, okay, I want to go to space, for example. Even though the formula, the first, I think in, in NASA, one of the Nigerians helped in the formulas to, to even to even go to space and all that. I'm not sure about the accuracy of this, of this statement, but I think some Africans helped. But then you would not find it in Africans now trying to, build like let's say a nuclear facility they don't like even now the vaccine with the ebola with the corona sorry right they have to partner with other there is no indigenous african company that's trying to build a vaccine for for covid while vaccination itself the chicken pox, chicken pox vaccination came from west africa how like the earlier times where people had chicken pox in america they had to employ the methods that africans used to, to combat the disease as uh, immunization to to, to the chicken pox. But now Africans are just because of the news, because of the media, Africans are just now set back, like sitting behind and just letting the world, other, other part of the world do the things. And then they ask for help, donation, donate, help us. It's just not good for, for Africa. And, and I don't think, um, I think we need to wake up in, in a way. You know, we need to, we need to tell ourselves, our, ourselves the truth that we can't do these things. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not, Rocket science. Even if it's rocket science, you can do it. It's not. It's not. It's not unimaginable. It's not undoable. You can do it, right? So um, basically, I think news or media plays a key role in in, in selling the narratives and keeping people in check. You know, Arabs are always terrorists. Africans are always backwards. Russians are always this. Chinese are always this. And uh, you know, so we had to. We had. There is. They need to have a way of portraying people in better light. And you need to have more Africans reporting about Europe, more Africans reporting about... Because what an African will see in Europe is going to be different from what a European will see, right? Similarly, when a European goes to Africa, what the European would see is different from what, what the native African will see. So basically, um, yeah, if we want to be fair, but it's never fair in the world. So um, you just have to go with it as it is. Hopefully it changes with time. Kaka reflects on the difference between feeling superior, quote-unquote, and feeling confident, quote-unquote. 
it's not good to feel superior, but it's good to feel confident in yourself, right? There's a difference between feeling confident and being superior. Just because I know something doesn't mean the other person doesn't know. So there's this debate about civilization, what is civilized, you know? Back in, during the slavery, like the, the Western, the, um, uh, Britain and America, they said they want to civilize Africans. They want to civilize them, you know? Like, what, what is civilized? To whose term, to whose understanding of civilized, you know? So to Africans, they are civilized. Their way of life is civilized, right? Maybe you have achieved a certain amount of civilization, of uh, what they call it, development, that other people didn't. Allow them to get there by themselves. Don't come and impose yours on them, you know? But then some people are arrogant, they want to impose their own ideas. So try, like what I, I think what I'm going to even teach my kids is don't let anyone try to impose their own ideas on you. Build your ideas by yourself. Take all of them, then try to create your own unique idea about life and about people. Don't learn from TV or don't learn from what I'm saying, what I'm doing, you know, because I might be wrong, you know. Things always change. Back in those days, People who are the most smartest thought the world was flat, you know? And they were confident in their belief that we're, we're accurate, we're right. But then it turns out to be not true, you know, after a while. So similarly, you have to take away that, you have to be open-minded to see other perspectives. Kaka says that as a Nigerian man, he gets numerous stereotypes thrown at him no matter where he goes. The first one is Nigerian Prince. You know, I don't know if you know the story about Nigerian Prince who always sends email like, I need money from you. I have money in the account. I'm a prince in Nigeria. And then uh, if you can send me a thousand dollars, I will pay you back with a million dollars, stuff like that. All these fraudsters are usually Nigerians, even though it, 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 it came out to be one American old man doing the emails. Nonetheless, um, they use Nigerian, like uh, when it comes to like scamming or internet fraud, like they use Nigerians. So when someone does that, it's it's racist. I find it, I find it, no, don't do that. Not every Nigerian is not like, uh, there are 200 million Nigerians and then you cannot all label us as fraudsters just because like 10 people or 20 people are doing the same thing. So it doesn't make sense. Also, um, when someone makes a joke about swimming, for example, Africans don't like swimming. Obviously it's true. We don't like swimming. It's true. Like we, like not all of us like to swim and then speed, like running, like our athletic ability to be fast and all that. And your hair, your accent. Uh, for example, when someone speaks English and the person has an accent, it doesn't mean like, obviously he's not, he's not English. He learned language and it's try to speak my language and see if you're not going to have an accent. You're going to have an accent as well. Right? So don't discriminate in that, in that, in that sense. And what else would I see that people, some of them are cultural, for example, like uh, when someone asks you here, like in Turkey, they're, so, they're shocked. Even you're going to be shocked now if I tell you like, okay, in Nigeria, we have multiple wives. Like my dad has three wives, my, like my uncle has four wives. And they ask like, ah, okay, because you're from Africa, you can marry as many as you can. That's racism, maybe, right? <laughs> it's not just Africans that marry many wives. Other people also do that. And then uh, they talk about, safaris okay so have you seen a monkey in the street uh, do you like bananas a lot also you know these are racist terms or racist statements that people don't even realize it because 
Mine is like banana. Doesn't mean I'm going to like banana. My cousin had an experience about this banana issue. There was a boy in the host. He was staying in the dormitory, right? And then the boy bought some bananas, and then he was like, "The bananas are not good." He gave my cousin like, "Can you tell if these bananas are good or not? Because you're from Africa, you you know a lot about banana." And I was like, "Dude, what's wrong with you?" He's like, "No, it's true. You're African. Like, you have an." I was like, "No, don't do that." Bananas grow everywhere, so not just in Africa. And you know, so these kind of things, people think it like they take it to be like just normal, but it's totally not. Kaka looks back on his experiences in Turkey and Germany, using the knowledge and understanding he has obtained in the meantime. I not blame it on on Berlin, per se, or on Turkey per se. I've been in Turkey for four years before I went to Germany, and I was in Nigeria for like twenty two years or twenty three years. And then when I went to Germany, I think there was this cultural shock, right? Because I'm not, I'm being honest now, I'm not used to seeing people like gays and lesbians on the street and all that. I'm not used to seeing people drinking on the street casually. I'm not used to going to the mall to get um, water. It's more expensive than the beer. So I had this cultural shock. So after a while, I realized that it wasn't, pro- obviously the people are, are cold and, and all that, but it wasn't. It, it's not just that that played a role. It was my own cultural shock that made me feel the way I felt. I went back afterwards, but just for a couple of days and all that. It wasn't the same because I became more mature and became more open-minded to see things from different perspectives. Right. So when I went there, it was back in 2015, 2016, right? And I was still young and my point of views are still like developing, right? So I realized, obviously, some of the people, like, for example, the woman at the bank, she's she's awful she's just weird woman like right there are outliers people like that in general people in the street don't care what you do i had an experience in the train where i sat and then no one was trying to sit next to me and i even offered a place to another woman and she's like she's not going to she prefers to stand and i was thinking probably because i'm a person of color right i don't know i cannot i cannot say because i don't have enough data to say like it's because i'm a person of color that she didn't sit next to me but in general, I, would, I wouldn't want to impose like, okay, the people there are like racist, that's why they treated me the way they treated me. I could put some blame on myself that, okay, I was also not open-minded enough to see from different point of view because I was just like this person who was like, okay, strictly religious, strictly coming out from conservative kind of lifestyle, going to Berlin, middle of secularism, middle of freedom, and then, you know? So I had that cultural shock and it affected how I see things at the same time, right? So then eventually, like when you grow, then you're like, okay, obviously there are some people who are not good, but then you also play a role because you went there with your own luggage of culture, you know. So then you have to, it all has to be from you, from yourself. You have to realize, okay, not everything I know is actually accurate. Not everything I know is true. What I know might be, there are some part of it that should, that's why I became a postmodernist, right? Like, I can know things that I'm true about and you know things that is true as well. So let's just live in harmony and then move on, right? So, uh, yeah, that, like, uh, I wouldn't technically say, like, okay, the people, they are awful of people. I can say, okay, my expectations played a key role in me seeing or having that kind of experience. If I would go to Berlin now, probably it's going to be different because I see the world differently now. I don't, like... 
really the, the main thing uh, the main thing that so much needs to take is to educate to get education as much as you can because like starting my phd really helped me in seeing different things in different life like it broke the glass of this mindset that okay it's my way or the highway or it's my like when i just started the phd like i took all these theories and how all these theories have been developed and i was like wow like okay education is really you really need to study what and i was telling i told my professor actually in the phd class like why don't you teach this to kids and they're like no they cannot take it no they i, I think they can people are taking kids i think they can take it i think people would people need to know that what you know from beginning of your life is not it might not be necessarily true it might not be necessarily accurate right so education is really you have to we have to be open-minded to see things from a different point of view from different angles so that you can make judgment for yourself not just to accept everything that just comes to you from school and from society against the background of his experiences kaka has the following to say on what he thinks it takes to be anti-racist how do you become an anti-racist <laughs> just educate yourself and just keep learning just keep learning because racism is in everybody it's in everybody but just because you see a difference doesn't mean you have to act on it what makes you racist is when you act on your prejudices on your biases that's what makes you racist but just because you see a difference doesn't make you racist i can obviously notice that you are not black you from asia but that doesn't make me a racist that makes me see the difference that makes me a human but then when i act on that it's what makes you a racist so acting on this prejudice this is what makes you a racist so don't act on it see the differences understand differences then learn from the differences then you can be an anti-racist you can find articles books and videos kaka recommends people to take a look at on racism on our website www.ourcontext.org you can also find a transcript of this episode on our website in english french german and italian if you have a personal story to share reach out to us on our website instagram or twitter You can find us by typing in #hour_racism. This is Fumi and #racism. See you next month on February 2nd. This episode was produced and edited by me, Fumi. Introductory score by Luca Nioi. Other music by Pete Morse, Crescent Music, and Fugu Vibes. A big thank you to Kaka for his time in going down memory lane and sharing with us valuable and honest reflections on this issue.